Hi there, this is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. I'm here with Papa Joe. Say hey, hi, Papa Joe. We're here. Yeah, I, I still... The reason I go with Papa Joe is that's what... That's what he's stuck with. Jenna, yeah. Jenna, he's stuck with me. Yeah, we're the same, same age. So, um, today, um, I'm just going to call this getting fucked up. Not that I'm getting fucked up right now, but no, uh, the, the impression not. of the Keys. But uh, we are... Uh, last week... Two gentlemen from what's the name of that? Some in, from Michigan. Uh, the, I know the name of the vodka. It's called Gypsy Vodka, and it's Michael and Adam Kazanowski. Uh, Kazanowski from Gypsy Vodka. That is Potoski, Michigan. Potoski, Mi- Michigan. Uh, they also uh, the, so they're the distiller of Gypsy Vodka. The name of the company is High Five Spirits. They came in. They had some nice shirts. They had a whole bunch of stuff. They they look well promotable. And I'm going to be talking to them. I they gave me a bottle of their vodka and a bottle of their gin. Um, I'm just finishing up the vodka right now. Hey, uh, when did they give you this? Last week. Wow. They need to give you another one. This one's got a problem. It's empty. It's empty. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hey, a week, that's not bad, you know? Um, and, and Abby's been drinking that, too. Okay, so. we'll blame her, too. So, uh, I, I put a big debt in that, though. But it's been about it's about six days, I think. Yeah, a new product, you know? Yeah. Yep. And if it tastes good, why not? Yep, and I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to overdo it, so... And I figure I'm going to have this one drink, and then later on we're going to have some uh, cocktails when we do our uh, other shows. Trying to do three shows today. Um, I hope, I hope uh, I'm doing it, yeah. So getting fucked up. The Keys have a reputation for being a party spot, much like yeah, Las Vegas. Exactly. Um, all, all across the United States, you have Fort Lauderdale. Uh, that's more of a, uh, I guess, all these things. All these shore communities have it. And um, But the Keys hold a, a place where people kind of like check out. That used to be the only, you know, they would check out of society. The, you know what I mean? Keys has always had, I think, in my experience, yeah. um, had that aura around it where if you want to get away, you don't have to go very far if you're if you're in Miami, yeah. for instance. Or that same message is promoted throughout the United States, probably around the world. Yeah. That the keys, the keys is not like any other place, and in many regards, it's not. And so you have people that visit, probably with different looking to do different things or mm-hmm. and they're walking away with probably different experiences having been down. I don't think everyone walks away with the same some would probably feel, well this place wasn't much of a Oh, game. I've had people like- come in, I've had people come in uh, where they're visiting and they show up and they had the same I'll give you my expectations after a while, but for me it was uh these people coming in and they're already fucked up. And they come in the bar and they start ordering shots and stuff. I said, you are fucked up. You're not having shots. You got fucked up someplace else. I'm going to deal with the, I'm dealing with that, the repercussions of what you decided to do with its other place. And then you came here. Right. Well, we're going to eat. And I said, well, you should be eating and not drinking anymore. Well, we're, it's the keys. Yeah, the, oh God. Yeah, like this. And that's what they look at I me. Mean, they give me a look and they go, it's the keys. Right. It's different expectations. Yeah. And they go like this. And I said, well, nope. We have the same law, laws about intoxication as the rest of the state. Yeah. But don't you find that when you're on vacation, I'll use myself as, yeah. 
Um, I learned a long time ago, traveling. I traveled a lot as a kid, a young adult, mm-hmm. uh, and I continue to travel quite yeah. a bit. And leisure travel specifically. You go somewhere and you're completely away from home. And in some people's minds, you're away from responsibility. You're away from rules. You're away from all those things that connect you to that reality of responsibility. I get it. I get it. And the problem is you end up with people like that that come into the bar that they've been drinking who think, well, I'm a tourist. I'm allowed to do this. Well, yeah, you are, but you're also going to end up in jail if you well that drive and drink, you know, and all the rest of the stuff. It I, follows you. I, I want to, um, I want to thank uh, my lucky stars. Sometimes, and we'll go through my story. But I, I did over the weekend. I do see people, the locals and 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 vacationers. They come in, and on um, you see them on Friday. They're getting primed up. You know, they come in. Uh, we're one of the stops. They started drinking already. Probably they start rolling in. You got people coming at the happy hour crowd. They're coming from work, right? And okay. they're getting their first couple drinks. That's different. And then you got the people come in and they want to eat early because they're going to they got a big night ahead of them. A lot of drinking going on and stuff like that or whatever they're doing. So then you had the people that were happy hour someplace else coming in and coming in to eat. You know, we got our music going and stuff like that. And they're, they're having a good time. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying this is the, the pattern that you see. Right, right. And obviously we make our money off of that. And these people, when they're coming in, uh, to eat later, they already had, they've been through their happy hour. They've been someplace else and they're coming in here and we're just part of the way station. They're not even, we're not, uh, their end trip no, at nine o'clock at you, night. You're just a point on a line with probably yeah, and it ends points. Up, and yeah. well, the one, it usually ends up maybe at home, but I think there's probably another place for the younger people around here. It's either Sharkies or CJs for, uh, the older people. It's the uh, Caribbean club. Yeah, but even a little even, further south, you got the hog. Um, oh, the hogs are real young people, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like... Well, that's CJ. Place. And CJ's is, if you're looking for a fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go to CJ's often, and um, I'm Later. surprised I've not... Uh, I've seen a few erupt, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy to say that... Uh, I don't know what it is about because that. It's lo- well, because it's locals mostly. I don't know, because we have heads. locals. We have locals mm-hmm. that... Uh, not... But yeah, but you have a different clientele. Oh, yeah. well, but but I think it has to do, and this is where I'm a believer in feng shui, feng shui, the design of it. It's very narrow going in there, and there's things people can't get away from each other. You got the people in the back of the room and the people in the front and all that stuff. It's just like... It could, you know, that'd be interesting to do. Like I, I know, it's just the way, just the way people come in. You know, does just the in. space, does the environment alter the behavior? Now we're going to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, and I always, hey, I, I hey. had to believe. I remember the movie The Warriors. Yeah, of course. Um, there were stories about it when they first came out that there was always fights breaking out after the Warriors, right? And especially in the suburban neighborhoods and stuff like that. Same thing happened in uh, Rocky. Yeah. Well, well, the Warriors, the Warriors, Warriors, because it was gangs, right? Iraqi, I don't know, man. I never yeah, got that vibe. I grew up in Philly. Their oats, and the same thing. I with didn't the Warriors. see it right. You go back, Warriors. Further, I know, what? and you can go West Side Story, dance fighting. Yes, well, it was identity. It has nothing to do with the fighting. It has to do with group identity. So if you group identify with a character or a group yeah. of characters, you're going to walk away. With this over exaggerated sense of pride, uh-huh. and and then that's what you end up with. Oh, yeah. Warriors, you end up with 
this is my group, you're your group. Hey, lucky I wrote this stuff down because we can bring it down, bring it back to that thing. I do believe in the group identity thing. And the thing I was getting to about the weekend is how people go into it. And you see, I work a double Friday, Saturday night, Sunday night, and I see the whole progression. And I see the same people. <laughs> I see them, but they show up. And on Sunday, there's some of these people, they are fucking done. They are ripped up. I don't even say ripped up. They're, they're drunk, but they're just at the end. They're still drunk and they go, give me a soda. I mean, they drank so much. That's it. I'm done. And you go, man, this is your going into the week. This is your lead up. People say, yeah, it's Friday. And at the end of the, on Sunday, you're so banged up. Like I'm banged up on a Monday because I had martini Monday last night. Um, actually, uh, Jen and Tyler came in, but they couldn't even, there was no room at the bar. It was, it was pretty good night. It was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good night, but, um, yeah, I'm banged up, not from drinking, but serving drinks. Right. So I'm, I'm looking at these people and I say, you know what? I'm not, I don't feel I'm any different than they are. That would very easily, that would be me, but I see it now and I go, wow. Like I have Tuesday off. I almost you saw what right happened right now, of uh, right previous to the thing that uh, the uh, universe uh, aspired against my evening off <laughs> by a phone call just before we started this podcast. I, I get a phone call from some a coworker of mine who's not feeling well, and this is what happens. I guess because you know you you think you might feel better during the day, and you start getting worse, and you realize you got to call out. Um, that me, happens. Yeah, for me, um, yeah, what I'll try to do is, uh, tonight, I, we got, I can't, I can't do this. Of, even though, even though I will gauge this, you, Jenna, and Tyler, and Damon have, ver- are very flexible. Uh, I felt that we were prepared to do it tonight, and I feel obligated to myself and to you, Tyler, and Jenna to do, carry through on that time and not going to do that because it's 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 a show are we just doing it or we're going to do it for something bigger and we're going to do something bigger than fuck it i gotta go and do it right i can't just do it i mean fuck would i blow up uh if i was still i mean i was gonna say still dating abby i am dating abby i'm with abby i'm you're always dating you always if, if and the words of advice to any of you guys and 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 girls in a relationship uh, when you're formalized it, you're living together, married, whatever, you're still dating. If you remember that, you can have a better relationship. I have to remember that because you're still auditioning for a long-term relationship. Yeah, every day should be an audition. Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, yeah. it's the recipe for a yeah. healthy relationship. And, 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 the, and the weekend, the part of my weekend is I, I need to be away from work. Yeah. I need to be away from work. I know I'm the, I know I advertise myself as, uh, a keys bartender. Remember, it's that determiner in front yeah, of but it. You don't. Not the keys you bartender. You don't, you know, you don't have a bed in the middle of the place. Mm. Two weeks ago, it did seem like that because someone was away and I had to do what work. Instead of seven shifts, I had to work, uh, ten. You get, listen, you do what you got to do, but then those circumstances for you have to take be taken into consideration too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I take, man. It's just that's yeah. Cool. So, uh, so you're bad. you're saying that the people come in. Getting back to you, watch people come in between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, and you see a trend. Some of them, some of them are in each night. Okay, and but what? And they definitely come Sunday. Yeah. 
Some of them are looking like they almost all of them run yeah. over by a truck. And unless they're like just arriving, there are people that travel on a Sunday, which is a great thing. And there's, uh, and, and the younger people definitely have, you can see the difference in recovery. Older people are tougher, are so much tougher, but there comes with being tougher is about of amount of damage you do to yourself. Yeah. The damage older people do themselves is more long term, more. Uh, there's a longer residual effect. I just think when I see it and they do it and they do it all. They party like they're 21, 22. I see some of these older people and go, fuck, man, they got the heart. If you put that type of determination and I've seen younger people like that but they're 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 completely they drink themselves a blackout and stuff like that and they're they, get, they end up in ERs and stuff yeah, like well. that older people it's it's like some people you're gonna look at them and say they may, may, they're not gonna make it out of their 30s right and then some people they do it so hard and stuff like that like Keith Richards and they're fucking still rolling around Doing their stuff. Yeah, you see those guys in their 70s, 80s, 80s years. Thank God for good genetics. Oh. You know, listen, you can't bet your, you can't bet your well-being on, on the genetics. Um, it's a little irresponsible, don't you think? So that if um, you're out there partying, 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 and now you find yourself, say my age, 56 years old, and I got to go to the bar on a Friday and I got to go to the bar on a Saturday and I got to go to the bar on a Sunday. One, if I wasn't, if Abby and Sky weren't in the picture and stuff like that, I would be there and uh, I'd have to question my, well, that's, I'll, I'll tell my, my story yeah, about what I thought about it. The, 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 what are you up to is what I'd be asking. Like, what are you up to? What is it in your life that drives Well, you? actually what, what my thing was uh, and uh, uh, I'll tell the beginning of it right now. Prior to becoming to the Keys, uh, a very unsatisfying early adulthood, you know, with, I mean, I get introduced. I was drinking when I was young, 13, 14 years old. Then I laid off it for a couple of years because I wanted to, you know, fuck, I want to go to the Naval Academy. So I got my act together, did high school, you know, like a champ. And her president of the National Honor Society played some sports, uh, got great grades, ended up getting a, a Navy scholarship, uh, doing the college thing. And then college, alcohol, finest thing. And every time you had a disappointment, I'll tell you, I had a friend waiting for you at the end of the day. Holding a drink? No, the, the drink. Oh, the drink. The, the drink was the friend. Yeah. And uh, that became a, a recipe, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm not taking, hey, listen, I'm like I'm saying, I'm having a drink right now. It's your perspective, how you use it. It's just like medicine, right? Yeah. Penicillin's there to, uh, to cure you of some ailments, but if you use it all the time, your body becomes, you know, or the ailment becomes, you know, the, resistant to it and things like that. And it, it becomes less productive. It's, it's like the uh, food pyramid. Which we find out later was kind of real fucked up. Yeah. The way they had grain in it and stuff it made it so big on the bottom and dairy and cheese and all the food pyramid was wrong. The vegetables should have been like much bigger yeah. part of it. Protein, very small part of it. And, and those other yeah, fats. Which one of you industries wants to pay us to put you at the top? That's yeah. kind of where it went. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they came in. They had the industry 
the industry, uh, uh, the person originally created a food pyramid, I'm going off it, was saying, no, that's wrong. That's the late, you have it uh, Yeah, all. but the people that are going to pay for the posters. Yeah. 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 So, they but. Have interests. But so I, 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 I would call it, I developed the wrong relationship. M- much like having a bad girlfriend or boyfriend. And I, I developed, uh, you can have a friend who may not be good for you as long as you're not taking advice from them, letting them drive the car, making them take the party, stuff like that. I, I like to call alcohol the bad friend, the very bad friend. Cause you can have a good time with a bad friend when you're out. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but when you go home with them and you got to live with them all the time and you start making your decisions with their advice in your ear and stuff like that, that's when everything kind of goes wrong. And you have ability. And if you're a person that has a, a, mo- a lot of people have so many talents, talent, they're talented, they have abilities and they're unrealized because his friends keeping them back. His friends keeping them back all the time. You just got to say, you know what? Era on the weekend, you're my friend, okay? You're my friend on the weekend. I got to go and continue. I got to do this other stuff. And that's what alcohol did me. But I was doing it all the time. That friend was with me all the time. So before I got married, I would, um, oh my God, I was living it. I was on my, I'd, I'd work hard at my job. I do a, I, I do a pretty good job when I jump, but it was always kind of slight. The first half of the day, I'm recovering from the night before. Yeah, sure. And I had physically, constitution wise, I was able to go and do my job, do everything, do it, had a good attitude, intelligent, do, be able to do my job and adequately being a good, uh, good in the service, good in working in government, good working in private industry. I was there, nice guy. And then, happy hour at the end of the day. Whenever I'm off, there we go. Whenever the drinking light goes on. Just like the smoking light on ships when they had. So, I would go and do it. And on my days off, it was built around drinking. It was wherever we went, I was was drinking. I mean, for a couple of years before I got married, I would go and spend practically the whole day at the bar, open to close. Not unheard of. Yeah, I I could never understand. Um, it's just the way that draw. I, I could well, never. it's a circular. It's a circular. Uh, you you, you, you start drinking and something like that. You get on it. You you drink too much. You feel shame. You vow never to do it again. All this hurts and hurts well, and stuff. And, and 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 the real problem alcoholic has is you know where someone somebody does it once a month, and then they go back and do it again. Oh, okay. Oh. The, the real prom drinker does it every day and they cover up your get, drinking to the shame and drinking to the shame. It's almost going back and forth. Well, into it. addiction, you know, you have your binge addiction, you have, you have your chronic addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's not just alcohol. You can binge addict. Uh, I, I've known, uh, cocaine users that are binge addictors. Uh-huh. Um, and they're, they're as, it's as toxic a behavior. The binge addiction with as, ca- as, is, is not as chemical as the hair, as heroin and cigarettes. Um, as, yeah, it's, it's, it's a f- no, no, I would say if we're but, talking- but then again, you know, they've done studies about, I told you about the Vietnam, uh, during the Vietnam war, they expected, uh, towards the end, a lot of addiction specialists, psychiatrists, right. they believe there was going to be a huge influx of heroin acts in the United States after the, 
uh, Vietnam War because of the prevalence of the use of it because the heroin came, well, came from that, that part. Of didn't that come true? No, not necessarily. The reintroduction of heroin is important. But the service, a lot of service members were able to stop because they said some of them, when they had a meaning, they used the heroin over in Vietnam for different reasons. So environment. And no, they used it for different reasons, like right, to escape the horror of what was going on around them. And oh, when sure. they came here and they had a purpose, they were able to walk away from it. Now, Obviously, there were people that were heroin acts over here came over, but it never that. came to fruition. And they go, and so they had to rethink that, that addiction model. And we're not talking about addiction today. And we're, we're going to be, uh, let's take that break and then we'll come right back and we'll talk about what happened. I'm going in bars and stuff, how that changed for me. And I'm not saying I'm, hey, I'm not saying I'm cured or anything, but I'd like to thank once again, we're going to, uh, I'm going to make sure the guys that, uh, High five liquors, gypsy vodka, and high five uh, gin. I'm going to make sure I'm going to pitch. I'm having a drink. It is smooth. It's uh, six times distilled, if I read it correctly, made from corn and is gluten free. Ooh, it's healthy. Yeah, and distilled in Michigan, Batowski. By USA. By USA. There you go. Make uh, Mava. Make America vodka again. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like yeah, that yeah, one. Mava, Mava. Mava. Okay, we're going to be back in a moment. Whether you're one of our regular visitors to the Florida Keys or you can't wait to visit for the first time, you'll want to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the Florida Keys. To learn all the secrets, tips, and the stuff we don't talk about to anyone but each other, visit 43keys.com. Sign up for our newsletter and never miss any of the exciting things we have planned for you. That's 43keys, the number four, the number three, keys.com. And we're back. So I think we'll get them to just stick them two together here. Got a slight technical problem. Yeah. Yeah. But this is getting fucked up. I'm not getting fucked up, but. Nah, yeah. And we left it off. I was talking about, you know, going to the bar all day. And I decided I didn't want to be. I was doing this cycle, doing this. I was uh, living at home, living. I mean, I was. I, I, I was every, every opportunity I had to go forward in any career or relationship, I would fucking sabotage it by just getting fucked up at the wrong time, getting fucked up all the time. And then I ended up, I said, I met the girl I dated at one time. Again, I said, and I was terrified at the time. I'm thinking about, I had my, my father had a cousin who I don't think he ever got married. And my dad, and they started saying they, I reminded them, and up having a kid, but it was outside of wedlock. And the kid had a drinking problem too, who's, was around, was a little older than me, I guess. And he ended up living by himself in downtown Philadelphia, even though they lived in the suburbs. He moved down to an apartment down there. I'm just drinking every day, smoking, had one of those, uh, Trakes. Trakes in. Yeah. Always talked to, and, uh, and then I had one of my, mother's uncles who was a world war ii vet and he never married and he was drunk all the time had a cirrhosis belly and all that stuff but uh, uh and uh he was a nice guy but they always talked about like i i think what happens with um i think you, you heard here in the old days when people went to aa and stuff like that they said i had a problem with you is you can't handle it 
You can't tough it out. And a lot of times with addiction, you seem to um, live in the past and you drink to your past and you drink. So anything you had, you don't move on. It's frozen. It's like a snapshot. You just do that stuff. So I was doing that and I was thinking about these uncles. I said, fuck, you know what I need to do? I need to settle down. I decided I was in love with this girl. She's a wonderful girl. She's lovely, good person, very good person. I ended up uh, proposing to her and ended up being married six years. And we just going to, uh, I, I was drinking during the relationship, but nothing like I was when I was single. I was not drinking like a champ anymore. But I used to sneak every so often. Like I had bourbon in there and then I put tea in there. So it looked like I had that. She never drank bourbon, so she wouldn't know. You know, if if I was out late last night, I would just, I would just drink uh, secretly. Like she wouldn't know that I'm drinking bourbon, right? But and you would drink this like not just when you got home, but during the day, throughout the day. Oh, not when I'm working. Okay, no. so never drink when I'm. You got off. Work. I never, I never drank at work. Uh, when, when, no, I never drank at work. That that was one of those things. Everyone and there are. People say, oh, I never do that. I never smoke around the kids. I never do this. I never. But you're equivocating, right? So. We're going through marriage counseling and stuff like that. And even while we're in marriage counseling, they'd every so often say, would you say, and they'd even look at me and go, would you say that you drink too much? And she would say, no, I don't think he does. Really? You don't think I drink too much? And even when I, uh, we got separated, she asked me to leave. And I, uh, the year before we got separated, I went on a trip down to the Keys. My, one of my best friends, my best friend at the time, I was in my wedding. He lived down here on a boat. And I was friends also with his brother. And we had a mutual friend, Gary. And we all went, came down to Key Largo for five days. And uh, I came down. It was so beautiful. You come in. My buddy lived on a boat in a pilot house marina. Oh, nice. There the bars right there. We're drinking every day. Uh, we go down to Key West. I think I ended up... I don't know how I drew the short straw on this one, but um, I was the uh, designated driver coming back from Key West with all them drunk down there. It was funny. They were harassing the shit out of me, too. Gary was sticking his feet in my ear and all that. But I, I said, oh, man, it was great. And I'm in a, in a bar, and guys are introducing me to women and all that stuff. Like, oh, wow. And I, my relationship falling apart at the time. So this was... That was 2006. And then... The beginning of 2007 rolls around eight months later, nine months later, well, whatever. And uh, the wife asked for a separation. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what am I going to do? I'm sitting here. I said, man, I'm, I hate my job at the time. And uh, obviously, the, the marriage isn't going too well. And I, I, we, we weren't getting along at all. So I, I wasn't crying over that stuff. And uh, I didn't realize then that she had plans, like, to move on. And uh, I came down here. I said, they, you know, my friends, I asked, can I come down here? And, so, and she drove me to the airport, blah, blah, blah. And I went down here, uh, you know, took a leave of absence. I was going to come down here for, like, a couple months, figure out what I was going to do and move on. I was thinking about going to New York, right? So <laughs> came down here in about April 2007, and that's five, uh, by August... I was in AA. Oh, God. Yeah, I realized that I had taken all the problems I had in Philadelphia and brought them down to Key Largo. Of course you did. And uh, I stopped for seven years to 2014. And uh, it was beautiful, man. It was a great time. Um, 
I mean, I can't imagine the trouble I would have gotten into between then and now. But the reaction I had begun at, at certain times you have, um, one of the steps is to make amends. And, uh, some people were, uh, saying what I did was selfish. By doing what? <laughs> By quitting? Um, no, some of the things I did, like moving down here. Leaving, and then my brother, I mean, a couple of years later, some of, uh, one of my relatives said, you left your wife, and I said, wait a second, wait a second. She is married with a new husband and a baby along the way. She moved on. She moved on. I said, that, that didn't happen. That happened a couple months after a while. I was still getting my head together, and that, that stuff was going on then. Now, yeah, I was dating and stuff like that. I wasn't... And um, I was actually, I um, was reluctant. I was thinking about, oh, man, I didn't want to end up going back into that relationship because I said, you know, it was just too much. I'd have to rebuild everything. And I don't know if it, I was a different person at that time. <clears throat> and someone said, well, you, you should see if you can. There's any remnants left. And it turned out she was, she didn't want to hear any of it. No, well, but she was still that. my friend uh, after that. But she didn't want to hear any of that. So um, that's good. So I just stayed down here. And uh, that, so when you came down here. Yeah. And so now you're down here. You got your friends. You, you're drinking. Then, then it ends up. Became a bartender. You became a bartender. It ends up having to be a problem. You abstain uh, until 2014. I abstain. I worked at it. I worked oh, no, at no. it. Oh, no, no. There's no uh, doubt. Anyone that can. I, do I, went, that I went. I went. I went to. No, no. What I meant is I went to. Um, I wouldn't call. Uh, I didn't white knuckle it. You know, white knuckle is yeah, just stop it cold. Yeah, I, I don't white knuckle it. Well, drop it in cold. Some people, some people, I mean, I imagine there's people out there that could do it and drop yeah, it cold some. and not have to go to meetings and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, uh, I had to replace that time with uh, other activities and that other activities was going to meetings, doing meditation, working out a little more. I worked out a lot. I was working so, out like 20 hours a week. It's repositioning purpose. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, I, uh, and uh, oh my God, with all that time, I invented binge eating. Incredible amounts of food. Yeah. I mean, it's a really bad food too. But I was working out. You know, I go to the gym for three hours. Yeah. So I can eat a bag of donuts, um, a frozen pizza at the end of the night, uh, a cherry pie. You know, not that little, what, not the little hand one either. You know? No, you, why? Don't, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, that's. I would get the little uh, pizza rolls as an hors d'oeuvre, so I can <laughs> wait for the frozen food to be ready. And then, and then I started cooking. I started really getting um, creative. I said, you know, I'm just going to make. I'm going to make whole meals. And I had. Well, I mean, I got together, and it, that changed my life too. So that. Uh, that idea, when I, on Sunday, I'm looking at the person. Right. And I go, wow. Even now, after all those things I did, if I had the whole weekend off with everyone else, because everything else involved. Now, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, there's a whole lot of things to do down here that don't involve drinking. There's all kinds of stuff Throughout the week, that I know, but the drink. population, your your people, you know, a lot of them are going to be drinking. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the time they do it. Okay. So, so, so when I'm saying on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is more like family time for me. So, so you hold back. Yeah. That's fine. And plus, you manage, you manage your drinking. Um, because I'm guessing because there's a past where you did not manage it so well and it, it took no, there are, there, there are days where I wish I could just, uh, you know, I would today. Wishing and doing are two different yeah, things. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I did. I, I, uh, like, I would, today, I, I went to get a haircut, and I, I go, uh, I was, I eventually called you, but I went to get a haircut, and, and, and I'm going to talk about that. That was an interesting thing, because I want to talk about real quick. But I went to this uh, Winn-Dixie. Because everyone said, oh, they got a liquor store in there and stuff like that. And I figured I'd get something, to, food for lunch. And uh, I went and did that. But I went in the liquor store. I'm taking a look around, taking a look around. I'm looking at bottles. Oh, they got a good price on bourbon and all that stuff. I love bourbon. But I go, I walked out of there and I had plenty. I mean, had money, had my card and all that stuff like that. And they Just go, didn't, good hit didn't hit me. I go and I walk in. I go, but I did go and get steaks and a potato. And... Uh, <laughs> So I'd opt for that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and last week I went and I walked out with four bottles, and you know I hardly drink. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that any good bar should have. Yeah, especially being an Italian, um, you need your coffee liquors. Yeah, and your cream coffee liquors to go with your espresso uh-huh. if you want to give it a good jolt. And then of course my Basil Hayden's. I had to have my uh, my bourbon. Oh, really? Because when I when I uh, when I drink, I drink basically two drinks. Right. Maybe three if I'm really feeling. An old fashioned? No, no, no. That was my dad's favorite. Oh, drink. yeah. Um, he was a bartender, as, yeah. a, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't drink it because uh, of his brain injury. He'd, he'd drop dead uh-huh. if he uh, had any hard alcohol. That kept him kind of sober his oh, whole wow. life. So, um, which was good because I understand he was quite the party animal growing up. Mm-hmm. And then the war happened and he came home and that. That had to stop. So wow. he had no choice in making that transition. But um, if I don't have a Bloody Mary, then my two go-tos are a Campari mm-hmm. um, or uh, whoa, whoa. bourbon and Coke. But it's got to be uh, – I, I can't drink like well bourbon. That just doesn't happen um, if it's like Jack or, you know, Jim Beam. The, the basics – uh, I can't do it. it. It's rot gut. It just makes my stomach go how sour. About, how about like... Uh, uh, Has to be high end. Like Makers. Makers... Um, no, okay. It, it cuts, Woodford? No, how no, about no. Woodford? Woodford's a little smoother. Makers bites... When I drink no. it, I get a really hard bite out of it, and it's not enjoyable. Yeah. It smells great. How about Blanton's? Never had it. Blanton's. But Basil right. Hayden's, I tried that uh, about six months ago. My brother mm-hmm. had it. Um, and, um, it's like a single barrel. It, mm-hmm. It's really smooth. So, and you know, the other thing is when I was a kid, I came down here. Yeah. Um, mind you, I was a child, five years old or going down yeah. to, uh, whale Harbor. Um, some of you who are down here who listen may, may know Skip Bradeen. He's kind of a fixture. Yeah. He has a radio um, show down here. And all yeah. That. He's, um, he's quite the character, but I, on and off, I've been fishing with Skip Bradeen for since I was five years old, mm-hmm. and um, that relationship sort of um, popped up again. You know, when you're five to say ten, mm-hmm. and then nothing, you kind of forget. And then uh, when I was in my uh, 
mid to late 20s, a buddy of mine booked a fishing trip, and it yeah. just happened to be on Blue Chip 2, Skip Bradine. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking at him, thinking, and he remembered my uncle, the ice cream guy. My uncle, wow. has, a, my uncle has an ice cream company. And uh, so we started that connection again. And, you know, Skip's a wonderful person, but enough about Skip, more about me. So, but coming down here as a kid, then coming down here really a lot uh, in my early and uh-huh. late 20s, and then working down here in my late 40s as yeah. a trooper, my 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 perception and expectation of, of the keys yeah. shifts. As a kid, I thought this place was like driving on the road to the Bahamas. It was somewhere, n- it, it was magical. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was entering a fantasy because yeah. at five, six, seven years old, you're going from the truck into a boat into crystal clear blue, yeah. blue and emerald green water uh, and catching really neat fish. And so, and everyone's laughing now. Now the adults, thank God, you know, I grew up, everyone had a scotch yeah. in their hands, but, um, but no one, no one would have thought, especially if they were driving that they're going, that, they're, that even then they knew you mm-hmm. can't drive screwed up. Then in my in my twenties, it was all about let's go to the keys and get fucked up mm-hmm. because one, it was not near home, yep. right? And you get with your your buddies, you know, whether coworkers or mm-hmm. high school friends, and you come down here. But it was strange. We we'd go eat, yep, and then we'd go drink, and and and, and someone had to be responsible to drive us home, and that was always worked out. And this is before the big push for. You know the DUI in the eighties uh-huh. and in the in the mid eighties. It was just how else are you going to get home? We got to get home. You know, we're going to get. We all live with our parents at the yeah. time, and no one wanted to face that music. So then, by the time I'm in my forties and I'm working here, mm-hmm. I'm back to wow. There's a lot of neat stuff to do in the Keys. Now that I live here, it's the same thing. There's so much to do here uh-huh. that drinking just interferes with. Okay, you go out on the boat and having, I don't mean like having a Mm -hmm. drink, drinking. I mean, drinking to get screwed up, Uh drinking to get drunk. There's too many things to do. There's too many things to appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the problem is. You know, we have a lot of issues with people coming down from Miami who use the keys, trash it, and go home. And, and, And that could be said for any tourist, I suppose. Any place. Any place. Well, yeah, you're right. Because I've seen, Mount Everest. I've seen horror Mount stories. Everest, the shit they I, leave up there, the yeah, human yeah, yeah. waste and oh, body. I, I was phys- pretty, man, did you see that? The amount of waste on Everest? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's tons of waste. It's tons. So I've seen horrible things throughout Europe where you're, you're, you're somewhere where, the, you know, it's 2,500 year old. I know, the Coliseum. The, co- the Coliseum, there's burger wrappers on the ground. Yeah, ex- or they're pissing on the walls. Yeah. You know, I mean, please. So yeah, but. But that's my point. You're coming somewhere that has such natural beauty. Yep. Really, that's the selling point of the keys, isn't it? Yeah. Come here to fish, to snorkel dive, to boat. It's the environment that is the draw. Yeah, there's some industry down here, but this place makes its money on visitors. Mm-hmm. And visitors drink and visitors eat as well as participate in those companies that take them fishing and diving yep. and all the rest of it. But sometimes those visitors, when I was working here as a sergeant uh-huh. for the highway patrol, you, 
you you just had to ask yourself, why'd you bother to come down here? You're you're drunk three days of the of the three you're here, and didn't you you didn't think that one through? You know you're gonna go home and say what? I got fucked up. So here's here's my problem. Your expectation is to go on vacation to get fucked up. There's other problems in your life. So as just my question would be, what's being avoided? Mm-hmm. What? isn't being dealt with that this behavior continue and and how scary is that thing that's not being dealt with that forces or compels someone to say yeah but being inebriated for 3 days really was the best no. well i mean that that's uh the the self medicating thing where yeah we we yes exactly the way i did it when you go and you 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 just want to forget oh, I, what your exactly. life is your life is like Back in the real world and stuff like that. When that happens, you could do that at home. See, no, I didn't. You I, could do that I at home. Something and, out. You could do that at home in a yes, bar. You can. Yeah, but yeah. I left something out. So what? the listeners, they may have heard this from my from me before. When I was in my twenties, see, when I was in my late forties, I, I I came out of the closet yeah. at forty seven. Yeah. And even before that, I was starting to see with different eyes. Yeah. And you talked about a time where you got you, you avoided drinking. Wait a second. Out. You know what? But I, I want to do a whole show on this. Okay, but let me. Just- Can we have a moment? Can yeah. we do it? No, I want to do. I want to. Uh, we're going to end this. No, we'll just continue. We'll Let's do another going. pause. No, do a pause, and you're going to tell a whole story on that because we got to do 20 minute. I'm not going to. I'm not going to accidentally drop this one again. Okay. <laughs> you know, listeners, there's some things that you have to spend more time with, and I thought it was an injustice if we. I needed to take another. 20 minute break and I'll just put this in this is going to be an hour long show because you're getting to a point that I don't think you could just gloss over and do it in 10 minutes or 5 minutes even I thought that deter- 20 minutes so y- y- I saw where you were getting at mm-hmm. so that that's uh, keenly interesting inside of look when you were in your, your, your when did you become a state trooper uh, I was uh, 22 years old in 1980. 23 years. Yeah, 22. Okay. 1986. Yeah. And I don't need to know about your experiences. Not that if you want to talk to them, that's fine. But so at the time, you're, you're, I mean, I imagine that's a, that's a culture thing where they didn't put up with any, it, it was kind of intolerant for, towards. Oh, no. Stat, listen, the, it, you have two things going on. Yeah. You have a high incidence of alcohol, uh, al- alcoholism in law enforcement. Yeah. Maybe less so on the patrol. Uh-huh. Um, just because it's really your urban city cops that are the, the in and out of seeing the same senseless abuse, same senseless victimization in and out. It takes a toll on you. Yeah. It takes not as fast a toll. But let me tell you what can happen on the patrol and usually does. Um, and you're always working against your own image, right? Mm-hmm. The big state trooper working yeah. the lonely road. So, And that's seeing your first dead body or your first dead child. Or, or a dismembered body, or a burned body. And that alters you. Uh-huh. Um, but the image on the patrol is that, that let's just not talk about that. Tomorrow's another day, mm-hmm. pat you on the shoulder. My son was dying, and I got the same attitude. When my son passed, hey, tomorrow's a better day. Yeah. And you don't, fuck you, tomorrow's a better day. I just lost my son in my arms, you fuck. But, to, but that's the culture. And the culture is, this hurts too much. 
I just don't want to involve myself in your issues. Mm -hmm. So you're on your own. And everyone's on their own. And then you have this feeling of loneliness. It's a perceived feeling. Are you drinking a lot during this? You know, when I was a trooper, um, no, no. Well, Um, I mean, what, what my drinking, like leading up to being a trooper, you know, I drank. Uh, so, but you're coming out, you're, you're, you, 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 you were, you're having feelings, right? Yeah, of course. So you didn't have any issues with, uh, alcohol because of no, that? No, no, no. I, um, I just sublimated it all. I internalized it. I pushed it down. My, where it came out. Were you raised Catholic? Oh, yeah. Of oh, that sucks. Yeah, of course it sucks. And then went to the evangelical church. To see more. That's even worse. So talk about guilt, shame. I know you have a bad, we, here, here, here we have a large, a largely gay clergy telling yeah. you that you're evil. And, uh, I mean, I'm okay. right. Yeah. And, and then you go to, uh, uh, the, the evangelicals and telling you you're going to go to hell. You're the reason why right. the world's bad. I remember two guys that walked into my, uh, evangelical church uh-huh. growing up and, uh, two gay men. Yeah. As it turned out. And, and they honestly, they didn't, they were Christians. Uh-huh. They believed. They didn't know how to manage those beliefs in light of what people were saying. That as gays, you're, you're going to rot in hell and you're evil. And they were, that's their theology. So they found themselves. That was their theology. Right. They, they should have went to a Methodist church or something like that. They didn't know. They were seeking. Okay. So let's, let's use uh-huh. the speak of the church. Yeah. And then we'll get back to drinking. The speak of the church is you're seeking. It's your path. It's a very Eastern yep. philosophy, right? Yep. When it's convenient. Yep. And that, they ended up throwing these two out of the church in the most vile way, shaming them and guilting them. And it was the most, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And that, that was, was, it, was it a process or was it over no, one meeting? Instantly, once they found out they were gay, no one asked any questions. They were on the street. That was the last day I went to church. Oh. I told my parents, this is not how this started with the church. I was preaching at 12 years old in Coconut uh-huh. Grove on the street corners to Vietnam vets. Uh-huh. It was the greatest exhibition of love and transformation. As it turns out, as I grow up older, transformation could be achieved in so many ways. It's not just the word of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the word of love yeah. and acceptance and forgiveness. And I watched these, these men who had horrible pasts, many of them alcoholics uh-huh. and drug addicts. They just needed to be told oh, they, okay. they were loved. Okay. Let me bring you back on this path here. You're a trooper. I thought you were going to start telling me, and you don't have to. Are you comfortable telling? Yeah. You're, you're, you're a trooper. You're, you're going through your career. You're, you get, you got, eventually you get married. Yes. Kids. But that you were talking about drinking versus some other. No, I'm over to drinking one because you were talking about a thing. I thought you were. If you don't want to talk, talk about dealing, you're not. De- you're dealing with this. You're dealing with this without oh, drinking. My whole life, yes, without drinking. But it showed up in another way. That's pretty amazing, though. Without drinking, you know, no. I mean, because that could that that would lead to other devastations that go on. One, like I could never be a trooper, obviously, if I if that problem showed up early on. Yeah. And my drinking when I was younger was the typical exploratory oh, drinking. No, there's no troopers that have drinking problems. There are troopers that have drinking problems and those are issues that they're dealing with. Yeah. Or the the root cause of the drinking there was is an plenty, issue. Yeah. I'm yeah. just speaking for myself. There, I mean it, it crosses it As crosses. Far, it, my yeah. story is I'm a closeted homosexual yeah. who knew he was attracted to the same sex when he was 12. When you were 12, you knew? Yes. Yeah, so going through life 
was a a means of managing. So you knew you were you knew when you were twelve. You knew gays exist when you were twelve. No, I knew I, I liked other men. So other when boys. did you realize that that was a option? Like when when you when did you come to the realization that 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 does exist oh. and it's not? And did you have negative stereotypes of those people? Yes, absolutely. You did. That's kind of like yeah. self hating. Could be self hating. Okay. Could be. So, but. It progressed, and you came, and you started seeing the hypocrisy. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to put masks over here. You saw the hypocrisy of religion on uh, that preached love and acceptance, right. and this, and they threw out the two two guys. And you were how old when that happened? Uh, when they threw him out, nineteen. Yeah. Okay, so you knew, yeah, and you saw, hey, these guys were nice. I saw me in them. Yeah, I saw the look. I was already in law enforcement, and what I saw was a look of help. They, they need, they was a cry for help. And this, and this church threw them on the street. And, and, and uh, the subject matter, as we now know, is a very delicate one that usually leads to suicide. So. Yep. Shaming and, and yeah, you know, it, it was the, the most brazen act of hate to people they didn't know completely counter to the very words that had just been spoken from that pulpit. Uh huh. And I could not, nor will I ever, try to mend that it um it, it, it is if i have any hate in my heart it's for th- it's for the expression of quote unquote hate in the name of religion yeah i have no use for it i that's why i'm an anti-theist i don't think man man's contrived illness known as religion uh it will ever amount to anything other than yet another camp to join to avoid uh-uh. the real issues in your life. And yet I know plenty who keep one foot in and one foot out, who use it and they manage it appropriately. And it never stops them from loving yeah. unquestionably. And I'm not speaking about them. They, it's it, be it's the idea of it's religion. Be, it's got to be really hard for those people to, that um, believe in uh, uh, acceptance and love. And and uh, well, that's what's led the to, one human family movement. You right, know what well, I mean. That's what's led to the other other. We'll call them sects. Yeah, a humanist, a humanist, uh, uh, the, the humanist movement. Right, where it's uh, the the diffusion of empathy, where you're able to extend your sympathies from within your group, which let's say you're white Southern Baptist. And then you're, you said, well, they, they're the only ones going to have it. They're the only ones that matter. Blah, 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 blah. This. And then you go out further and then you have, you go and take, uh, let's say Jews, Catholics, black people, uh, Mexicans. You go further and you diffuse the empathy among more and more, uh, groups, uh, different, uh, lifestyles, uh, uh, Different nationalities. I think nationalities way down there. It's there's a there's a name. And there's one thing, but we we have this xenophobia. Uh, xenophobia is not just nationalism. It happens inside groups too. Of course, yes. Of course. So and and inside, uh, uh, you know, so inside the United States, you got groups of people that view themselves as a true Americans, and you know, and, and they may be uh, they could be less than a million people, or it could be more. It seems that the the way the movements are right now, we call everyone liars and hateful and, you know, demand respect for some somebody who isn't, a- isn't giving respect to anybody. Right. And uh, so you're going through all this. Your marriage 
it's a very tough job. Well, and listen, thing. and it, what what's the crux at the moment where you decide uh, I'm done? Well, the thing that would have been drinking, yeah. the drug, let's yeah. call it the drug, uh, turned out to be adrenaline, and um, it was a very useful tool. Yeah, uh, to become an adrenaline junkie. When you're an adrenaline junkie. Were you junkie, racing motorcycles or something like that? I was racing whatever I can get my hands on. Not so much motorcycles, but cars. Yeah. Um, um, taking risks, you yeah. know, midnight dives without tanks um, out in the ocean. Um, even if it, it just, what, whatever. And then, if, and then there was the job. This is why, I, in my heart, I always wanted to serve people. But then yeah. I realized... Um, but wait, there's one particular way of serving people that really fits what I want, and it provides that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. And I needed that rush because something came with that rush, admiration. Mm-hmm. And if they're admiring you, they're really not seeing you. Mm-hmm. And you can hide wonderfully behind a blanket of admiration. It's much like being starstruck, right? Uh-huh. You're looking at someone only because of the image that, that, that's been on screens. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about the person. You just see their face. It's very one-dimensional. What a great way to replicate that is to be a cop. But then I find myself as a cop. That's not that's not good enough because the problem with being yeah. an adrenaline junkie is you build a you build a resistance, and you need more adrenaline. Now it never ended up being alcohol, uh-huh. um, because I knew one thing that I couldn't go out at night so fucked up and keep calling in sick to work, or God forbid, show up with alcohol on my breath, I'd lose the very thing that's providing me mm-hmm. the cover. And that's what it was. The adrenaline had to amp, how do I do that? All right, I'll go work that crappy neighborhood, and I'll go find those people you've been looking for that mm-hmm. no one else can go find. Mm-hmm. And you show up with them. Boom, your image goes up. And it was risky. And then I'll work. Three years. I was on the I was on the job for three years, and they it's, they they threw the dog at me almost. You need to take this position. Why? Because my felony arrests were five and six times that people with ten and twenty years mm-hmm. on the patrol. I just went and I liked arresting people who were distributing cocaine. Yeah, it was risky. Yeah, but my attitude was. Uh, I need this. And you were probably more likely to be armed too, right? Highly. Oh my God. Highly. Yeah. So, um, ev- it, 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 you had this constant edge for more adrenaline. Yeah. So it gets to the point where now I'm doing international drug cases and task forces. And the, uh, it's like, I won't go too much into it, but yeah. you know, one day my book will come out and I, I draw from this one case. It is the high point. Uh, where the a, a cartel decides uh, the two troopers, me and my partner, uh, they got to go. So uh-huh. they send a hit squad to Miami to try and kill well, us. Really? And they ended up killing five suspects. They ended up killing five. Turns out they were informants, so they had their they had the names right, but they dumped the bodies on the roads that me and my partner worked to send a message. Oh, okay. And uh, naturally, I'm still here, and she's still here, so that didn't work out. We ended up arresting a kingpin and. A child dies in this case. It's a nasty, nasty oh, case. Wow. And um, all, all in the cocaine cowboys area. All in the cocaine. Yeah, the cocaine cowboys area extends well into the 1990s, probably 2000s. Because really? yeah, with that is not just the cocaine. 
Uh, it becomes heroin, uh, even in South Florida, and it's the money. It's the money. And then moving the money is moving the drugs. Uh, sometimes that money is going offshore into boats, and it's yeah. in a reverse course because they can't get it into banks fast enough. So it it it's all of that. Okay. So w- then I end up joining the union. Uh-huh. I become the president of the union. I have five laws on the books that I wrote. So what? What it kept going up? It kept on going up, but then you're 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 keeping it in, keeping it in, keeping it in. What what breaks at that time? What 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 causes it you to come? A couple of things. I don't even say two specifically. What? Um, working in Tallahassee, getting real close to management, mm-hmm. building relationships with management. Um, I could have kept being a canine until I retired. Died. Yeah. Um, but I took a sergeant's position. I studied for the test. Took mm-hmm. me three times. It's not unusual. Mm-hmm. The FHP supervisor's exam is not the easiest in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, third time worked like a charm. Um, they wanted to put me uh, in. Uh, now, by this time, I'm married. Yeah. Okay, and I got kids, and they they wanted to put me in Marathon, which meant I couldn't live in where I was living in Homestead. I'd have to move, uh-huh. and I couldn't do that. So they did me. Why couldn't you do it? I. I, I I'd have lost too much money. I had an entire oh. family. I didn't want to put the kids through that okay. either. I mean, that, this, that's an uprooting of the family to go to Marathon. Um, no. See, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I was I'm gonna a, turn the I'm a Navy down. kid, and uh, I went to 16 different elementary right. schools. I just, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to do that to yeah. my kids. And, uh, and my wife at the time, she, I don't think she'd have been happy living that far from her parents. And, uh-huh. uh, and I don't think I would have, and my parents at that time lived in Sarasota, uh-huh. which was far enough. I didn't want to add to that. So, uh-huh. um, but they said, no, we're going to put your position in Key Largo, which means if you stay in Homestead, you're within the radius of resident being with a resident. Mm-hmm. So I was able to stay. I become a sergeant. I come to the Keys. Mm-hmm. Then my son gets sick. While I'm a sergeant, there's no more adrenaline. You're simply responding to make sure troopers have what they need to get the job done. You're no longer the mm-hmm. guy doing the job. You're now a little removed from mm-hmm. it. You're a lot removed from it. So there that there's not that. And it becomes somewhat idle time in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. No adrenaline and and it so I start working out. Yeah. 3 hours a day, running 5 to 7 miles a day. I wear my body out. I looked good. Mm-hmm. But it wrecked me. Mm-hmm. Then my son gets sick with brain cancer. And then nothing makes sense anymore. It destroyed. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, what can I do to promote me mm-hmm. to keep people from seeing me? Mm-hmm. It just, that didn't make sense. I have a son who's shriveling up. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get better because he had two forms of brain cancer. And I knew that three days into when he got sick. Mm-hmm. And you live, I had to live for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now, you would have thought as a police officer, you're serving everyone else. Well, yeah, that's true. But I had another thing going on. I was serving me by serving everyone else to keep people from seeing me. And it worked well. I may be, I don't know, I refined the art, I think, in life of, I call it armor, yeah. of keeping that armor spotless. Uh-huh. Of, of making sure the image of, of Trooper Joe, oh, my God, you know, what'd you do today? Everyone uh-huh. would ask, well, uh, how's it going? And then I took the job as a sergeant. Didn't seem to have much meaning anymore. Yeah. My son gets sick, and, and I, I, can't, I can't keep that up. 
Now, I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to sound cruel as hell, mm-hmm. but it's honest, I think. I had to make a decision. What's more important, my son, my girls, including the emotions of my wife, yeah. or my fucking image? Yeah. And I, I, I voted on them and not the image. Uh-huh. And then it was it just the, the unraveling, like like when you burn into a golf ball, the, the, the bands just come that right covers out. it, yep. And there was only one thing left to do at that point because the sidearm they gave me was starting to look awfully good. And I knew what that meant. You know, you can look down the road, uh-huh. especially when you're in a lament, uh-huh. and you could say, I know where this is going. If uh-huh. you're smart, there's a crossroads coming, and, and um, if I make the wrong turn, it's a dead end, and I'm mm-hmm. dead. Um, which probably explains that when you accept that, um, people who, who self-demise, there's a certain peace over them, um, depending how they do it naturally. But there's a certain – you just get an understanding by being around someone who's committed suicide that, that whatever was going on in their life, they had to be at peace with something to do this. They, they, the pain and the anxiety and whatever led them to this, at some point, they just had to be okay with the doing. And it's a, a, a relent. It's a giving away of the will to do this, to finally end the pain. And it's a weird analogy, I know, but that that's just my experience. I, I, I understand. I, and, and like and I, I, went, I, 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 just in case the listeners on there, um, yeah, there, there are people that, the, the people that do not do it, they realize, and you realize today that not doing it is much better. Oh my God. Than doing it. What a- there is a resignation. There is a resignation when you do it. There is a commitment, just like, the terrorists that decide to fly a plane into a building and decide to kill 3,000 people, uh, there's resignation. Is it the right answer? In retrospect, it is not the right answer. But but I understand where you were coming from. Yeah, there. The pain, there certainly is resignation. And that's what we call it, resignation. I think the people who... I know for me, I'll just use me. I won't say the people. I mean, but there's so many. It's devastating. It's devastating. And, and, and you know what? It's weird for me to have to be the advocate for the, the closeted gay community. If you're, I mean, it's a much better now environment. Thank God for these people than, uh, for men, women. People aren't afraid to, to yeah, speak you're, about you're, it. you're not you, in, in, I mean, you certain, very well certain groups of people. I imagine if you're Amish, if you're, I don't yeah. even know. I don't know what the Amish is. Uh, I don't know if they're, hey, I don't know. I don't, no. you never know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's that. as big a deal as we may think for them. Yeah. Um, I've actually known a few, uh, yeah. Dutch, you don't Baptist think it's a big deal. Amish. No, it wouldn't be their thing. They'd probably say, no, you can't do that. You know, it's a sin. But they don't, whatever. But they're not going to sit there and they'll feed you if you're hungry for, yeah. for fuck's sake. Yeah. That's just their, their nature. Yeah. My, my realization seeing that what yeah. I was headed to was yeah. can, I can't, I can't leave. I love them too much. And I was willing. There was another way for me to end my pain. And that was simply tell the truth. And then I had to deal with the fear. Was that whirring around in your head? Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, when was the thing? When was the idea? Like, I do affirmations. Like, I wrote down things like, I know what I am. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a philosopher. I'm a coach. I'm a writer. This is what I believe. It doesn't matter what other people believe. And we talk about the things what people around you think you are. 
which sometimes we become, right? Right. We, we try to be the things for people around us, but then you just things you know you are. Where was that point at the thing you say, even before you say you were dealing with the pain, you had these other things. When, when did there, was there a time before the time you came forward coming out where you th- sat in your head, I'm a gay man? Oh, oh yeah. How long before that was that? Probably in my 20s, I realized, definitely before I got married. Really? Um, and yet I fell in love with, with my wife. I mean, she's no, no one would not fall. Well, she's I, mean, a, I, mean, I mean, that wouldn't preclude falling in love with somebody. I mean, I realize you can, but right. it's not the, the relationship. It's not the uh-huh. ideal relationship you I want did, for no, a partner. I did fall in love with her. People say, well, did you really love her? Yeah, yes. Just like uh, yes. you've seen a, a yeah. movie, The Bohemian Rhapsody. He, he, right. he fucking loved that woman. No, but he really did. He, no, he did. He fucking loved he that did. woman, I said. And like we talked about that was the love of his sexuality life. Sexuality yeah. is yeah. on a curve. Yes. And look, doesn't mean that if you're gay, you'll never think about a woman sexually. Some gay men won't. Some gay men. Does it's it, on does a it, curve. And it doesn't mean if you're straight, you won't think about a guy. Yeah. With the same sex. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, so we always have to yeah. remind ourselves to get away from that. Monosyllabic view of, of sexuality. However, mm-hmm. um, I also knew this is so sad what? that the marriage would be great for the image. It's yeah, all part yeah, of it. Listen, I, I know. Wait, I told you. I said in the it previous thing is a that, nasty that the drug. Why I got married was that I didn't want to be the uh, old. Uh, drunken uncle, right? I didn't say I didn't say drunken uncle because they those guys were drunken uh, uncles. I didn't want to be that. And there was a character on uh, there was a character on Saturday Live. He did it for a couple of years running. It was a drunken uncle, and it's just it was a parody of the guy who. And it's just like uh, I we used to call um, well, I guess in, in the form of a closet gay man, it would be uh, the uh, what do they call that. Bachelor or something. Confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor. Convert. That was the old style saying it. And the drunken, I mean, the, the well, parody of the drunken uncle. Think of it as drunken uncle. Now, the, for my thing was though I would become a person that I would never feel that anybody would want to be around eventually because you start hating yourself. Once you start hating yourself, then how could anybody love you if you hate yourself? If you can't do that, or you find someone that's okay with that, that you don't like yourself, and what kind of person is that good to be with? I'm not saying you. Uh, that was that's was everyone deals with differently with alcohol and stuff like that. There's self-loathing and things like that, and there's other ones that people when it comes to lifestyle choices, it's the the sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm wrong. I'm the wrong stereotype and stuff like that. Just a that's stereotype that you have to be that way to cut to the core of the, the, the core of the belief is where, how we are friends. You are, you, you know, you come up to, are they good people? Right. Yes. Are they honorable? Yes. I mean, and everything kind of flows from that part. Are they good people? Are they honorable? And, and you don't have to ask the next questions. Do they have my best interest? No, no they have no. their best. Well, their best interests line align with my best interest. I have three which, core criterion for what? friends, for humans. Yes. In general. Yeah. Empathy, compassion, and honor. I think compassion and empathy are. No. You don't think that? No. Let me tell you. Something. 
empathy, placing yourself in the conditions of others. In other words, your feet in the shoes of others. Yeah. Feeling how they feel. Yeah. Truly absorbing their experience and eliminating yours. That that's a calling in and of itself. Eastern philosophies. I would like to say that, but I never working that I out. never could ever feel uh I, I have compassion and understanding as a, as a history for like the uh, the history of lynching in the United States. Uh, a well-known po- po- politician compared the investigations into his thing as a lynching, knowing that full well there's a very dark history of lynching in the African American uh, community, and it's very deep wound. And to be able to use that word with not considering that, can I feel? I, I do empathize, but do I fully feel what the no. full force of racism is? I, I, w- I would, I don't know what it's like because I haven't, haven't been in there. Because it's, been in- it's a journey. Yeah. To empathize with someone, you can only empathize as far as you're willing to go. Yeah. It requires you. Empathy requires you to strip you away from it. And that's easier said than done. Empathy, to develop an empathy is to truly develop the sense that you're no longer you, that you are the other person, what? and that you can now sustain that's the feeling. That we, and, that's that we thing, which is, I agree with. Yeah. I agree with. It's, it's, See, that's where compassion and empathy, I think. Compassion when, is, is, I, is, an under, is an understanding. If I am compassionate. So one can be compassionate at the simple recognition that there's a lesser amongst us, someone who's hungry, someone who's hurt, you can have compassion, but do you, are you really putting yourself and feeling their pain, feeling their void, their loneliness? I view it. I view that. Now, this is where it, it, the the tomato tomato thing. That if you're compassionate, your your uh, default would be empathy. Not necessarily. Well, yeah, no, that's that's that thing that we see with software and social media where they're linked together. Where I link it together, where other people say, you know, where you know yeah. where empathy comes in, and what? you can see it in others, and where empathy, you have empathy. If you have compassion, here's where you'll know an empathetic soul versus one mm-hmm. who's not. Their patience. If you have someone who's compassionate and who's exhibiting compassion, and they just run out of patience, they've never put themselves in the place of that person who's hurting to know time is no longer an issue here. An, an empathetic soul walks away bothered by the feelings that they then, that they transmit upon themselves. I, I, okay. If then, you then, have no, someone then, who's just then being I compassionate, okay. that's great. A lot of people, okay. we're charitable with compassion. Okay. But when you don't have that person walk away moved in their soul by it, they may not be empathetic. I'm losing my patience show now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But adrenaline uh, was uh, my uh, drug, uh, just uh, to uh, sum it no. up. And at the end, I couldn't keep it together because I had to make a, well, a higher uh, decision. And that was I couldn't look my dying yeah. child in the eye. I couldn't and think that somehow I'm going to get through this all about yeah. me and maintaining this thing, which no longer yeah. had importance. Whereas just a few months before it, it had always been the number one thing in your life. Life depended on it being the number yeah. one thing. My existence, because if anyone saw that I was gay, I'd be thrown out of the house, thrown out of the church, thrown out of life, lost the family. Now, as it turns out, a lot of that is hyperbole that I created. And that's what fear does for mm. you. But nonetheless, it was fear. Fear, fear, fear. And we have a society that still to this day, though in a lesser degree, mm. but still promotes you should, hey, I don't care who you are, just, just I don't want to see you. 
I don't want to hear you, and you don't get to express yourself like anyone else. Just stay, in other words, stay in the closet. I accept you, just be back in the closet. No, that's not how this works. How this works is, if I'm going to free myself mm-hmm. and go through life, like many people mm-hmm. listening have been through life, many people listening have mm-hmm. gone through horrible things, and when you reach a truth, well, that's your truth. No one has the right to shame you, guilt you. It's your truth. You're li- if you're trying to live honestly and truthfully, mm-hmm. stand by it. Don't let anyone including if you're thinking about, you know, I, I, I identify this way, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Know that there's an awful lot of people more now than ever that are willing to put their arms around you and just support you. That people are, in general, the humanist you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, they live by one, one big, giant, number one rule, and that's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. With the caveat... Some people are harmful to themselves. Do unto others as you wish to be treated. Yeah. (laughs) So if you wish to be treated well, then that's how you should treat others. Yeah. And and that's the humanist outlook. That's the core expression of being a human. I I, I agree with you 100%. I'm trying not to be different. But some of the things today, the biggest problems are people that are not aware that they don't care about themselves enough. And I'm not talking about this white pride stuff and bullshit like that. I'm talking about not caring enough about themselves to be able to know that they could be a decent person and and be accepting and do all these things without doing it. You know what? Uh, We're at an hour and 25 minutes. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have to continue this another time. I don't mean to tell you, but I think think you've... Yeah, I got to go shopping. I'm out of high heels. Uh, See, that's a stereotype. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I'd like to thank pa- Papa Joe. Hello. Uh, and and uh, it's funny. We did take a thing, but that's the way it is on the Keys Bartender uh, podcast. Uh, we started out getting fucked up, and uh, we, we went into a, a deep conversation, much like we would at a bar. Uh, I'd like to thank Papa Joe. And, uh, and Joe is drinking his Mexican Coke. I love my Coca-Cola. Mexican Coke, even yeah. though I'm now on a cut-out-the-sugar binge, yeah. but not for my Coke. Yep, that's good. That's good. We'll be back uh, back next episode. You'll be t- tonight? Sure, why not? Okay. Talk to you later. Take care.